Come on in, ye lads and lasses. Welcome to Sticks and Taps, where we're talking hockey, a bit of the Irish crack, and raising pints. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cooper here in New York, in the great United States of America. And it's time to bring me drinking partner in, Mr. Lee McGuire from the great white north up in Canada, the red and the white. How's it going, mate? What's happening? Well, how, how do you know maybe I haven't quit drinking? <laughs> There would be an earthquake. <laughs> Stop drinking, A man. terrible flood. <laughs> Locust, my tux was in the cleaners. It wasn't my fault. The prime minister would have a press conference immediately. <laughs> What's up, exactly. buddy? How the hell are you, pal? I'm good, man. I'm even better getting to talk to you again, my friend. How is your summer, buddy? Yeah, well, you know, you and I have had a few... Uh, off-air discussions as we've uh, tried to wind our way through this pandemic, and it's uh, it's it's been a grind for me. The, the one thing is, I have golfed a lot, but I haven't been able to work a lot, which sucks. But a few things lined up here in the fall, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully early in the new year, um, if not sooner, we'll uh, I'll get some other things going that that sort of were in the works a year and a half ago when this all this crap hit. But uh, otherwise, Polly, you know, uh, pretty good health. And uh, family's good, family's healthy, thank God, and and we're just uh, we're just grinding her out, rocking and rolling, kid. Yeah, How about absolutely. you guys there? Ah, we're good, man. Uh, knock on wood, you know. Uh, raise a point, cheers, and all that stuff. Everybody's good and healthy here, um, you know. So no complaints here, and uh, you know, again, uh, excited to talk hockey with you here, and and a bit of the Irish stuff, sticks and taps. Uh, you know, me and you built this here about a year ago and in and out again you know what do you do you 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 create a show you want to do something different and special and then like i said you have a a pandemic and it kind of throws a a wrench into things and you got to take care of things in real life and real world and get that settled so we better uh, got a quote-unquote bit of normalcy coming back obviously the league coming back strong here hockey and and everything else and i mean you'll get back into talking about the stuff we love the sing songs and you know just toast and uh, a bit of the Irish heritage and culture that we were raised on. Me and you, again, yeah. we'll introduce ourselves to everybody, both via Dublin, our folks, me here yeah, in New York. My, my, my dad. Yeah, and you up in Canada. Born, yeah. born and raised Dub. My mom's ancestry is uh, is Irish as well, as as we've discussed previously. And, of course, your, your heritage is uh, 100% strong, right, both sides. We probably bumped into each other on the street one day in the 90s over in Ireland in Dublin. We didn't even know about it. Could have been. Excuse me. Could have been, man. Could, could have crossed paths. Could have crossed paths at some point, you know. And I, I, and I love that. And, and you touched on it. And, you know, before we get going on the hockey, I think it's uh, critically important to keep doing. I, I want to uh, make sure that at some point on every show, probably mostly as we finish, that we uh, we keep keep our toasts. We keep doing our toasts. Uh, they mean a lot to me, and I think they do to you as well. And I I love uh, going out and uh, with some Irish music. I I think we're we're called sticks and taps for a variety of reasons, and that's one of them. And I think we're going out with uh, Stallworth today, and <laughs> I look forward to finishing up talking about it already. I, in fact, I I can't wait to have my shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it myself. And, you know, hockey itself, I mean, when we 
it's funny, not so funny, but it's you know with the history and you're 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 a hockey historian yourself, and there's been quite a and I'm hoping we get into this this season with sticks and taps. We look into the lineage here with the NHL, whether it's you know the the Clancy's, whether it's uh, you know players like Shanahan, McDavid, all the Irish names. There's a huge Irish lineage in the National Hockey League, as far as some of the most famous players and some of the most famous, uh, you know, creators, the foundations, the guys who, who built the league, you know, years oh, ago, yeah. too. So yeah, uh, that's I, something. I did. I worked on a, on a documentary that uh, that focused on that. This was a, a TV crew that came over from Dublin. They they were commissioned. Uh, they got they got some some pretty you good financing told me about this. What? Yeah. You're holding out. Oh, geez. I thought maybe I might have told you about that. This is probably about four years ago now. And uh, they, they it's out there. It's available online. Probably have to Google search it now. But it's on YouTube, I believe. And pretty sure there's probably another location or two you could find it online as well. But I, I think it's, it's – it's, and it's – by the way, it's, it's, all, it's largely done in Gaelic. And the only real English on it were the English people that they interviewed, like myself. They actually interviewed a guy who's a retired professor from the University of Toronto who was a classmate of mine in high school, Mark McGowan. Unbelievable. He's he's a doctor, PhD, and and a very, very long-term successful professor at University of Toronto. Extremely, extremely smart man, but with a lot of knowledge of Irish history as well in terms of Canadian and through sports. And, and uh, so they asked me about uh, to jump on. So I was on, they came to Ottawa here and we talked about the 1910s and 1920s in particular and the impact that the Irish families in the uh, region of Ottawa Carlton here had on the NHL and, and the forerunner of the NHL, the NHA. And, uh, and there's a lot more than people think. So, yeah. That's out there, and uh, maybe down the road we'll we'll revisit that, and I'll find a link or something. But if anybody's listening and you are of Irish heritage, uh, you could probably Google search that pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, I did that a few years ago, and and uh, and it's 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 quite something. Although to be honest, just to warn people, it's all in Irish, man. It's all done in Irish. <laughs> Uh, you just download one of those apps on the iPhone there, and it'll there translate everything yeah. for you. Google Translate or something, and uh, just make sure you got a bottle of it. Need at a client. Don't worry. Start there. Start in Dublin, and you're on your way. <laughs> uh, too much. All right, man. Well, yeah. We're definitely going to get into this as Sticks and Taps rolls on. Hey, look, buddy, before we get into the, uh, today, you've also been doing your Wheeling Wednesdays, right? You've been continuing them on um, through the course of summer, and, and obviously during the season and stuff, and... Um, if you don't mind, I know you, uh, Carey Price, obviously a huge Habs fan here. Um, and obviously their run to the finals last year with Carey and everything else. And obviously some off the ice issues uh, for him personally and everything else. Yeah. You did a phenomenal column on that. Could you just, uh, let everybody know again about Wheel and Wednesdays, when you're going to be doing that again. And obviously your most recent piece on Carey Price. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do, I would do some, some written stuff. And then I did some, I did some video stuff as well, Paulie, uh, which, by the way, I hope at some point we've said this before. I hope at some point we can send out you and I on video here. But uh, now that we're back, know, buddy, we're, we're, it's 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 going to happen, buddy. Okay, I've already picked out the outfits. I think a lot more flavor to it. And I I do a video hit called Liam's Hockey, um, uh, sponsored by Hosey and Brown, and and I ran that um, for a, 
during a bunch of the time during the pandemic, and I am probably going to fire that up again starting in the next few days. And then I also did some writing as well, like you said, Wheeling Wednesdays or some other editorials and stuff. And, yeah, I touched on it about Kerry because uh, the Saturday before, well, in fact, uh, uh, Terry Kartner, for you hardcore Ranger fans, will remember Terry. He was drafted by the Rangers in 1984, and and uh, he played about 900 games in the NHL with a number of different teams. He went to the Stanley Cup Final with the Florida Panthers in 1996, and tough as nails, big as a house and tough as nails. He could fight. He played in the World Juniors. He was first-round pick of the Rangers, I believe, in 84. And uh, um, I played hockey with his brother and his brother Robbie, and his brother Robbie uh, succumbed, you know, to uh, mental illness. Mm-hmm. little more than a year ago, and of course, you couldn't do any services or celebration of life, and so they finally had it for him a couple of Saturdays ago, and I attended it, and then Kerry came out with his news, which was a shocker, so when I wrote what I wrote, I touched on the fact that I had just been at a dear friend's service, celebration of life, and he was 57 years old, and he took his own life, and it, uh, you know, sadly, Polly. uh, you know, I know a lot of people, so this is probably problematic in that sense. But I could probably name 20 that I've known personally in the last 50 years that have taken their life. And for different reasons, different times, different circumstances, fact is they all felt that was a better alternative than the one they were living in. And mm-hmm. So for Kerry to, to do what he did and to go public with it, obviously kind of had to. But I mean, just I think he did it willingly, it sounded like, anyway, from his wife's statement. Uh, I think that's just fantastic because he probably, who knows how many people he'll help by yes, doing that. Exactly. He's, he's, a, he's a superstar, right? I mean, you, you look what he did for that young boy who lost his mother. That was amazing. All that yep. video when yep. he came to the practice and Carrie embraced him and they stayed in touch and they've maintained a personal relationship. And 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 now, now a lot of us are saying to Carrie, it's like, as I wrote, it's okay to not be okay. Yep. And if if get help, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. And Carrie has reached out through the players uh, program. And uh, God willing, he'll get the help that he needs. And uh, right now, it's just all about the rest of his life as a father and a husband and a son. And and uh, that's that's the most important thing. Hockey is way in the backseat right now. As and you know, and I'm saying this. We're on here to talk hockey. I'm a Hab fan, huge Hab fan, and he just played his ass off to help the Habs get to the final, his first one, and uh, and there you have it. So, wish the best for him, obviously. And yeah, I wrote that. I touched on it about losing my friend, and I'll tell you what, I've been to probably more funerals and more services than most people, mm-hmm. and that was one of the most incredible ones I've ever attended because Robbie's wife got up and spoke and yeah, she touched on a little bit of the memory of the men, but I got to tell you what she really was touching on was mental illness and mental health and how it's okay to not be okay and how you got to get help. And boy, oh boy, did she jump down some people's throats? You know, she said there were some people that didn't help out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and she said a lot of people were, we're willing to, but not not everybody was. So so, what do you do with that? Say, well, oh God, who's who would you not help as a friend? Every one of us would say we'd help we'd help a friend. 
But you know what? Sometimes it's just as simple as saying, "Hey, man, are you okay?" Exactly. Yeah. And like, and and not 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 on a text message. Like, you know, I mean, Pick we all have a network. Not saying you can go to the far reaches of your vast library of your of of, of your phone or your computer or whatever. But even in the new in the circle that you run in, the odds are that the odds are that somebody could be hurting. Mm-hmm. And and it behooves us. This was the message she drove home, standing in front of those hundred plus people. They had to do two separate sittings because of COVID regulations. Only so many people were allowed yeah. in. But Terry was there, the guy who played for the New York Rangers, played for the Philadelphia Flyers, played for the Detroit Red Wings and Florida Panthers. He was there, and that was tough, man. Yeah, it was tough to see him. That shook up, and, and for me, he was a great friend. This was his brother. Yeah, and and uh, that was uh, that was a tough afternoon. We made the best of it, and they gave me an opportunity to speak as well. And it's it's uh, it's not easy, and and it just she drove the message home. She was a superstar that day. Wendy is her name, Rob's wife, and uh, she was a superstar. I'll tell you what, I will remember that for the rest of my life. And I wrote a follow-up to it a little bit and mentioned that. And I singled her out. And she jumped on the thread and thanked me. And anyway, that's just what social media allows us to do, is to put that out there. And uh, mm-hmm. so you brought it up. That's what it was about. And and uh, God willing, Kerry gets the help he needs. And, and uh, if we get him back in the league, that's a bonus, man. That's a bonus. Yeah. No, nah, but you nailed it, man. He's, he's, he's probably going to help a lot of other people out by uh... – opening up here and um you know you're absolutely right it's it's definitely okay to be not okay and uh out there everybody it's always good to talk it's healthy it's healthy it's like what we're doing absolutely. here we're talking man we're uh you know we've got we got some things we're upset about we're gonna talk about them today right yeah <laughs> i'm upset about our team's losing last night are you <laughs> We oh. had a five on three for a buck forty two and didn't get a scoring chance. I was oh, Jesus. Uh, Game right. one of the season. I was ready to go through the TV and go, Jesus, Murphy, <laughs> what the hell? Well, bartender, two points over here, please. Let's yeah, get the fights up right now. All right, brother. Let's uh, before we dive into it here. Obviously, we're coming back, uh, quote unquote, normal season. Uh, it's happening all across the sports world here, uh, down here in the states. Obviously, with uh, you know uh, baseball and football and, and and the NBA here starting a little bit, but hockey's back, full season. Uh, all the teams, uh, a new squad in the league. Seattle here. We got eight teams in every division. Want to ask you about that a little bit later too, as far as with the history of the league, uh, thirty-two teams. Uh, and, and, and away we go, uh, new TV contracts here down in the States with ESPN and TNT, uh, which yeah. is huge. Uh, you guys do a phenomenal, uh, job up there with sports Nest and TSN. It's incredible coverage. Um, so we're excited about that here too. Vaccinations, getting to see the coaches faces, uh, behind the benches. Now fans back in the seats, everybody playing each other. Um, it's exciting, Liam. We got it back. Hopefully that uh, we get through this here too. And, and full marks to the league, the last two, uh, the, the two cup finals here, a summer uh, summer league here, obviously, in the tournament, and Tampa winning that one. 56-game season uh, last year. Tampa coming back, and I know we'll get into this, too, is, is whether or not Tampa can three-peat. But uh, just take it away. You're, you know, not so much Montreal Pacific right now, but, you know, just the league. As a hockey fan and as an NHL historian, you're just quick uh, look at uh, the season ahead and all that's happening. You know, you, you, the couple of good points you made there was just what we've come through 
after the uh, first stoppage in March of 2020, the fact that we were able to um, get the play-in rounds and get four best-of-sevens done and Tampa beat Dallas in the final, it may not have been the greatest final, but I thought there was some great hockey that led up to it and all played in the bubble in Edmonton, as we know, and, and, and they got a Stanley Cup awarded when a lot of people didn't think they would have or should have, so kudos for that. They come back with a 56-game season again, um, made made sure that the integrity of the league was maintained with four best of sevens, and Tampa doubled up. And it's not that long ago. You don't have to go too far back. Pittsburgh 2016-17, they got two in a row. So so here we are. So hey, man, look, we got hockey back, and uh, we had games on five games last night, two games the night before. Everybody back at it now, and here we go. It's going. It's on. It's in. It's happening. OV scoring. Uh, McDavid, two points last night. Here we go. <laughs> and and now teams are going to play across the border. And, then, you know, it's, it's the divisions are back, and we've got a new team, and, and they look good their first game, and down 3 nothing, tied it up, lost on a controversial goal, but still they were in the game, and Seattle being the 32nd team in the NHL. And so it's all good, Paulie. I don't think there's a single solitary negative thing other than the players on Seattle who had to go under COVID protocol, Nathan McKinnon and, uh, and uh, Coach Bednar of Colorado already. Yeah. Let's be honest. These aren't going to be the last guys, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so with some trepidation and a little bit of nervousness, I move ahead here and hope day to day, week to week, month to month, that the COVID impact is minimal, negligible to next to nothing. And we're able to uh, to get as much normal hockey on the board. And uh, there's going to be controversial goals and controversial moments. Everybody thought Reeves and Wilson were going in warm-up last night, for God's sake. You know, if, I mean, that was a big storyline in New York. You had a big story. You got storylines with some of the superstars that are out. There's always going to be storylines. Brady to Chuck signs today in Ottawa. So, you know, there's always going to be storylines. Always, always, always. That's great. That gives us fodder, man. Yep. So right now, all of that, we're back, baby. <laughs> we're back. Where's the negative? There's no negative. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Negative at all. Nothing. <laughs> well, Reeves didn't score last night for the Rangers. Any other? No. They didn't. They didn't fight. They didn't score. They didn't have no impact on that game last night. Uh, uh, you, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you very quickly. Uh, we're going to jump around here maybe, but um, – I thought what I said last year, because I thought the Rangers, I had them penciled in for the playoffs all day last year. I figured last year was a Lundquist hangover. You see this. This is not uncommon in hockey history when a significant part of your team, a guy who's an absolute beast, a superstar, just an integral part of your franchise for so long, steps out, moves away, you know, this whole thing with Washington, and then but then he gets the health condition and, you know, you move him out and you say, okay, well, you know, uh, Gorgiev and Shesterk and whoever, these guys look like they're ready to take over anyway. And, but once you move that blanket, that security blanket away, it's got, it had a hangover effect on the team. And you're, they're, they're trying to massage in Lafreniere. You got Kako trying to figure it out, figure it out that, you know, you get Jabanajad all signed up. I mean, you look at him last year, talk about COVID and what he went through with COVID. You know, Panarin, you got one of the top players. And they laid an absolute egg last night. They 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 laid an egg. And um, I thought Rick Tockett said it pretty well there on the panel. 
the TNT panel the first night with all the big guys and uh, said he was really disappointed in the team. And I, I couldn't agree more. I was too. And take Wilson and Reeves out of it for a moment. For a moment, take them out of it. Okay. <laughs> but there just really wasn't. I'll tell you, there was more fighting in the Canadian soccer game last night against oh. Panama. <laughs> One of the biggest men's soccer games. Probably the biggest game in Canadian soccer history, which isn't saying much because we're ranked like 63rd in the world or something. <laughs> but but they're, they're on the verge here in the next 30 days or something for qualifying for the World Cup for the yep. first time since 1986. They're right behind the Americans in the standings right now in CONCAP or whatever it's called. And last night against Panama, there had to be like three scrums. I thought it was a hockey game, and uh, including at the end of the game. So, you know, there was more more stuff stuff going on there than it was in that Ranger game. The Rangers had, they laid an egg, man. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, game one of 82. But you know what? I mean, it's a situation that you got you to gotta write right away. You, you got to come out there. You got to come out there and be ready you to got, go. You got to show, like, uh, show the fan base something go. different. You got to give them something different in game one. Yeah. I mean, you put, yeah. you could have had Quinn behind the bench last night. You know, Dude, no disrespect to Gallant. He's just taking over here, but... Yeah. Anyway, hey, listen, it is what Gallant's it is. a great coach. He is, man. He's, he's going to have those guys pulling the rope in the right way. Having said all what we just did, you don't want to overreact game no. one, but you want... Uh, and you can lose game two, but you you, you got to have an effort, you know? It's like Montreal's got Buffalo tonight, and then they're home to the Rangers on Saturday. So you got three games... You got no Price, you got no Weber, you got no Byron, you got no Hoffman. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, 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 you're dealing with some issues there. And, and last night, I mean, they had 31, 32 shots on net. They had a great start, first 10 minutes. They had a great end of both periods. But, you know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of play there that was sloppy and, and they needed, they needed to generate a second goal. That'd find a way to tie that thing up and, and at least get a point out of it. Rangers maybe could have lost, should have lost that game last night anyway over the base of 60 minutes. But you just you just can't have that effort. That effort can it cannot be allowed. You can't have that. And believe me, Turkey Gallant is not going to allow that. To, he will not allow that to resonate with that team. Yeah, and there's a little more pressure on your man Drury there. Who's now pulling the strings? Not JD and Gordon back there. So oh, rookie GMs, right? You look at uh, yeah. Kevin Adams. In Buffalo, and the handful he's got with Jack Eichel, who's been rumored to go, including to New York. A lot of people thought if they didn't get Jabanajad done, or even if they do, maybe there's a deal still in the works there. By the way, i got to say very quickly, Polly, how in God's name are the Sabres, <clears throat> who want him off the roster like yesterday, <clears throat> how are you going to make a deal with this guy, not knowing like what exactly is the status of the neck? What is the status of the exact surgery that's going to happen? I heard last week that a bunch of people, insiders, are saying, well, there's going to be conditions on the trade. You think? You think there's going to be conditions? I guess so. The whole trade should be made on conditions. And you just you increase the draft pick if he comes back, or you increase the bodies if he comes back. You make the whole thing. We've seen a thousand trades in NHL history that are uh, for uh, conditional. You're trading for uh, conditional picks, conditional players, player to be named later, this, that, and the other. There's been a thousand trades like that in the NHL. Get Eichel off your roster. Make a deal where you're going to get this, this, or this if he comes back and he has a clean bill of health and he's good to go medically. So, okay, good. He's that. Then make a second condition that if he averages 
his uh, whatever his point per game is, or if he exceeds out of whatever, you know, it's just like when you sign a free agent. If you pay him X number of dollars, you have to give more in terms of, of the compensation. Well, if <clears throat> if Eichel comes back and he's in he's in good shape, medically cleared, and starts producing, then you give more in the trade. But Buffalo's got to get him off the roster. I mean, talk about a cancerous situation. Now, we'll see. Maybe they beat the Habs tonight and they come flying out of the gate and they surprise everybody. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that the Rangers were locked into part of that with Jabanajad being maybe, potentially, allegedly, one of the pieces going the other way if it, if that deal went down. Now he signs long-term with New York. I like that guy anyway. I just think he needs to get a year under his belt away from COVID here, which hopefully this year will be for him, and mm-hmm. they should get going. But you never want to lay an egg. They did last night. They just got to right the ship right away. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And we don't want to get too crazy here with uh, games one, two, and three uh, out of the gate. And, no, uh, no, you know, no. we get back no. here next week. And, and once the games get rolling here and everybody gets a chance, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, focus on uh, four points, or as like we say here at Sticks and Tap, four points that we want to discuss four here. Points. All right, so um, let's talk about Tampa Bay here. You talked about it earlier. Um, back-to-back championships, very unique Stanley Cup championships as far as, you know, what we've uh, all dealt with here the last couple of years. But specifically them, for them as a team, uh, as an organization, uh, and, and the competition, the losers on the other side, everybody went through the same thing here. So, Liam, the question is, do you think they can three-peat? I don't. I, I don't. Uh, notwithstanding, speaking about laying eggs on opening night, <laughs> but, I mean, that's not uncommon, right? You unfurl the banner, everybody stands under it and looks up and, uh, and, and remembers the good times, which were just a few short months ago. And for the nucleus of that team now, two years in a row, I don't think they can. I think uh, losing that entire third line, fourth line, whatever you want to call them, uh, is absolutely going to have a major effect. I know they still got Vasilevsky, he's a beast. I know they still got Hedman, he's the best defenseman in the game. I know Rangers got Adam Fox, I know Roman Yossi. And go down the line. But Hedman's the best defenseman in the game. <clears throat> you got Kucherov, who's a beast, and Braden Point and Stamkos, who you know is still a threat on any given night. You got all sorts of good players there still. I don't see them three-peating. I think uh, uh, I think the pressure to do so, the uh, the other teams that are coming up, your Colorados, New York Islanders, Florida Panthers, two or three others that are, are going to be in the hunt this year. I think are, are going to be too much of a problem uh, for Tampa this year when it's all said and done. I don't see them three, three-peating. Not at all, huh? Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Unless now, they do it, and then I was totally wrong. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, months away from now, and uh got to make a call on it because it is, one of the, it is one of the talking points as the season starts. Can Tampa three-peat? Nobody's done it since the Islanders. A lot of people think Edmonton. They forget about the Steve Smith own goal in 86. They broke up their drive for five there. So the Islanders won four in a row. And uh, before that, Montreal had won four in a row. And before that, Toronto had three-peated in the early 60s. Before that, you had the Habs with five in a row. Before that, you had Toronto also with three in a row in 47, 48, and 49. And before that... Uh, was there one before that? No, there was not. That was the uh, first three-peat in NHL history. You had the Ottawa Senators win the Stanley Cup in 1920, 21, and 23, but they missed in 22. And you had a bunch of, you had the Canadians win in 30 and 31. You had the Red Wings win in 36 and 37. 
So there were some other uh, uh, duo wins. But uh, Toronto Maple Leafs were the first three-peat team in NHL history in 47, 48, and 49. Then you had uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings won cups in, in um, <coughs> 50, 52, 54, and 55. So they, they never three-peated. Yeah. And then you had the Habs five in a row. So, like, even in the heyday of the original six, and then the glory days with the Habs in the 70s, you had four in a row, and the Islanders four in a row. And that's it, man. Yeah. That's it. So I don't think we're talking about a team here that, as good as they are, and believe me, I'm not saying they're going to be a tough out and they're going down four straight like they did a couple of years ago to Columbus. But I don't think they're three-peating, Pauly. I, I just don't. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we'll we'll get into the division here later on, but you know, you know, Florida's going to have an impact on it this year, and Carolina, and the Islanders are looking really good. And the only thing I'll uh, maybe a side note is is you know, uh, Tampa these two cups that they won a short uh, summer tournament there, uh, no fans in the building, and a fifty six game divisional play impact. This is, uh, you know, maybe Coach Cooper. He's got a little breathing room here. He can kind of space his guys out. They've got all the experience. I mean, I think if you have Kucherov, Hedman, uh, Vasilevsky, you know, those guys healthy going to the playoffs, they're going to be still the favorites to me, obviously, going in. But, hey, man, t- as far as I'm concerned, the Stanley Cup is the hardest damn trophy to win in the whole goddamn world. So No, uh, no doubt about it. No they, doubt they, about it. They've, it's obviously just uh, it, it's a, it's a heroic type of uh, – thing to even consider just winning it one time, let alone get back there in three. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch, no yeah. doubt about it. And uh, stop bringing up the Islanders, please. Is that me or is it you? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, man, look, I, with, being a Ranger fan here, you talk about the Habs winning five in a row there. I mean, the Islanders technically could have won six. They lose in 79 to the Rangers, and then they get, they get to the fifth one uh, against Edmonton there. And what a dynasty. What a franchise. I have all the respect in the world for the Islanders, even though I'm a big New York Rangers fan here in New York. And I will talk more Islanders and, and that dynasty down the road here. All right, so. Um, I know you want to say it. I know you want to say it. Pot May sucks. Oh, I don't have my whistle ready. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even make that whistle. Tune into a Rangers game. That's the, that. That's the always the distraction of uh, when the when the guys are not playing that well. Anyway, um, yeah. All right. So you mentioned Ottawa there. Let's stay in Ottawa here for for a second here. Uh, your boy uh, Brady Kachuk just signed his uh, last minute seven year deal. So yeah, I'm throwing it at you. What does this mean for the city of Ottawa and this? You know, obviously this team and this franchise looking, looking okay. You know, massive, massive, massive. It's um. Well, it's a it's it's a fragile fan base here to begin with. Very thin skinned, very very thin skinned. Uh, if you follow me on uh, social media, anytime I take a uh, a, a, a potential shot, veil veiled, real, perceived or otherwise, man, uh, their fans are are they they got they got the claws out. I mean, I can feel it all the way from the cottages that they reside at mostly in the summer, <laughs> but it's um. Bit of an inside joke there to uh, to some sense fans, but this is a huge signing. It's a great signing. I don't understand any percentage of the sense fan base that is concerned at all about where Brady's point total is right now. It's so funny. I just don't get it. They talk like he's hit his max, you know, and they throw his point total out there. Look, it's a fifty-six game season last year. There were still twenty-six games to play. Yeah. But no, no, take that out. No, 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 no. That doesn't matter. And uh, well, what about his age? No, no, no. That, that doesn't matter. He's just not that type of player. 
There's no way he deserves more than like four million dollars. I mean, it's it's just some of the some of the sense fans. It's it's hard to, to to stomach the commentary, but it's a massive signing, and he it's it's symbolically it means a lot because he's being paid more than Thomas Shabbat. They will undoubtedly give him the C poly um, ASAP. I don't know when he'll be in the lineup. He's not going to play tonight, but I think he'll be in sooner rather than later. My guess is he's in pretty good shape. And uh, and I think that his impact will be immediate. He's a winger. He's going to make an immediate impact. He is the leader on this team. He takes them into the fight every shift, minute one to minute 60. And there's very few guys in the NHL. Let me put it to you this way. If he's in that Ranger lineup last night, he, he isn't going quietly. No. And you know what? It's hard to make that statement and say, oh, God, I don't want to go turn the whole thing into fighting. It's not just about I do. that. Put them up, man. It's about <laughs> showing the willingness, Polly. The willingness, buddy. And and uh, there just was no pushback from that Ranger team last night. Very little. And Brady to Chuck as a guy who pushes back. Yeah, and uh, I, I and to be honest with you, I think he's more of a team guy than either his brother or his father was, and and that's just my opinion. I think it's a fabulous signing for the Senators. Seven years, you've got the guy locked up for his prime. That's his prime, man, right there, right there. So you know whatever you're gonna do as a team with with uh, with everything that you got going on, you got you got Jake Sanderson coming, you got Stutzla, you got Norris. You got Batherson, Formanton, obviously Shabbat on D. Zub looks okay as a partner to him. I mean, you need some help there. Matt Murray, they need to rebound and have a more Matt Murray-like year. And they, they can uh, they can make a little noise in the Atlantic. I mean, everybody's pretty much anointing Tampa, Florida, uh, you know, Toronto, and Boston. And for the most part, probably minimally three of those are accurate. Yeah. And if not all four. So... Where do the Sens fall in? Well, maybe <clears throat> maybe challenge for a wild card. I mean, who knows? But, I mean, that said, the Brady signing, fantastic signing for this city, this organization, and this fan base. It's, it's outstanding. And he's worth every penny. Believe me. The people, anybody who's saying he's not is an idiot. You're not understanding the intangibles the, guys, the guy is bringing. That just indicates to me the separation in thinking that people have not understanding the intangibles that still matter to win key hockey games, to win a game in the playoffs, to help win a series, two, three, maybe a final. Guys like Brady to Chuck, you want in your lineup to do that. And and uh, that's, that's the difference. He's a difference maker in that regard. Not only that, they're going to come out of the flat cap in a couple of years. Not only that, you're eating some of his free agency years. Is that not worth something? Yeah. Of course it is. But you got percentage of fans who just say, hey, look, man, he's a 50-point guy. He's a he's a 48-point guy, 52-point guy. 50, he's what, what the hell? What the hell? They just don't get it, man. What can you do? You lead the horse to water. But, uh, you know, sometimes at last call, some people just say, no, I'm out of here. Whereas others say, give me a couple with a double rum and a whiskey. <laughs> Now you say how important this is, obviously, for the Senators organization. You know, um, you know him signing there. What also is the impact here for um, him signing with a Canadian team? 
You know, Montreal's had its troubles uh, with signings. Winnipeg over the years. Uh, obviously, Connor McDavid and Edmonton, his big contract, a couple signings here. But, I mean, for the Canadian-based teams, a big, you know, stud like this, popular guy, um, popular face of the franchise, popular the type of game me and you like to play. Yeah. But um, him staying there, him, him re-signing, I mean, I think that in itself is just good enough alone. I think that's promising for the future. Uh, okay. Not only- not only for the Sens, but for the game up there. Take the Canadian teams right out of that discussion because Toronto have opened up the vault. Montreal just signed Suzuki and obviously, you know, uh, gave P.K. Subban that contract before dealing him and gave Carey Price his contract. Edmonton, as you said, Vancouver got it done, albeit, you know, one long term, one on a bridge, but they got him done. And and uh, Cal- Calgary's made, made some deals with some guys in the past and, Everybody else except for Ottawa because they've got the worst owner in sports. And <laughs> and when you've got a megalomaniac running a franchise, all sorts of things that aren't normal can happen. Uh, he's, he's irrational, bombastic, outlandish. He's, he's, he has put the cart before the horse so many times and has alienated so many fans now you have signed in back-to-back years two cornerstone pieces, and you are showing to your fans and, and, and to that team that you are willing to shell out here to make a not that they've not that they're screaming up at the cap limit or anything, Polly. You know <laughs> they're just still over the floor with the Tuchuk signing. But that said, you are showing your fan base here. Like take the other Canadian teams out; they're all willing to spend. It's only here. <clears throat> that history has not been kind because of the idiocy of the owner. But, uh, hey, big statement, man. Big statement today. And it, it bodes well here for in probably two to three years' time when they're poised, if everything goes well, to take some sort of run at, uh, at winning a division, winning a couple rounds, maybe making a final, maybe winning a cup. And whatever they do in that regard, Brady to Chuck is going to be front and center on it. So huge signing, huge signing for Ottawa today. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. Uh, another thing we're going to touch here on sticks and taps. We go forward is controversy, a little bit of controversy here and there on and off the ice. Uh, Liam, you wanted to uh, touch on right out of the gate here, game one the other night, and that's Vegas is winning a goal against the Kraken. So uh, yeah. why don't you take it away? Uh, the, uh, the infamous kicking or directing the puck into the net. Yeah. Yeah. Chandler uh, Stevenson, was credited with the winner and went off his skate. He directed it into the net. There's no doubt about it. Um, I forget the rule number, Paulie. I want to say <coughs> it's rule 636, I think, but it's right around there, which addresses kicking the puck, and it's changed, okay? The rule has changed. This is a quick one. I just want to throw my two cents on it. Again, <coughs> a lot of commentaries because I don't understand the commentary against it. I want to give credit to a guy on Twitter. He goes by uh, Down Goes Brown. Pretty popular guy. Oh, yeah. Sean McAdoo. He's done many, many media hits. and Good Irish and fella I've, himself. I've, I've never met him, but uh, what's that? A good Irish fella himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to figure some Irish in the background there. But uh, within a few minutes of the goal being allowed, I, I loved what he wrote because he said, look, here's the deal. If you're not kicking the puck, like you're Charlie Brown kicking that football that Lucy always 
pulls away, and everybody knows that image. That's that great big wind-up where you're trying to kick a 50-yard field goal. <laughs> if you're not kicking it like that, and it goes off your skate, and you've directed in any way, shape, or form, that, that's a goal. They changed the rule, folks. So for all the people that went on Twitter in particular, uh, crying about it, understand the rule change. Yes, he deflected it in with his skate because he's allowed to. Mm-hmm. It's in the rules. Come on. <laughs> Jeez, people are so stupid. It's in the rules. He didn't kick the puck. He directed it in with his skate. You're allowed to do that. So that's why it was a quick decision when it went to video review. This wasn't some five-minute hand-wringing exercise. They came back 90 seconds later and said, yeah, good goal. <clears throat> and it was. What do we want in the game? We want more goals. Yeah. So, anyway. I just Grubauer was terribly like lousy on the play himself. So, it's his own fault. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, pal. All right, something you want to um, – one of the things you want to close out the show on here today is is, is talking about Gretzky. And, and the, obviously, we brought up uh, the TNT – uh, and man, that studio is gorgeous. I'm sending them in an email to see if we can get a sticks and tap studio, just like that one on TNT. <laughs> that thing is, my God, it's yeah. like the it's like the Enterprise. It's unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what they do need. And by the way, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Having Barkley on was 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 awesome. Uh, they probably didn't need everybody to go on the panel there holding the stick and a puck when Wayne was going to be the only guy shooting it. Uh, I always go like, you know what? It's like. It's like you're pandering to you. You still think that three quarters of the American audience don't get hockey. I think by now they do, and it just it just looked a little hokey. But I loved it anyway. I loved Wayne shooting on Charles. That was a ton of fun. But they missed the boat, Polly. They need they need somebody there who has an idea of the history of the game, and they they should be. Able I know to a guy. A- I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah, you know I don't know. There may be somebody around, but I mean here they're they're, they're missing something because. This was yesterday, this game, October 13th. Wayne scored his first goal ever in the NHL on today's date, October 14th. You got the guy right on the panel. You could have teed the whole thing up. Yeah. You know, like October 14th, 79, he scores his first goal in the NHL in a four-all tie against the Vancouver Canucks. It's the fourth goal. Goaltender Glenn Hanlon, assisted by Brett Callaghan and Blair McDonald at the 1851 mark of the third period. Ten years and one day later, October 15, 89, Wayne passes Gordie Howe for uh, for career points in NHL history, tying a game three all against his former team Edmonton. Now playing for LA for career point <coughs> number one thousand eight hundred and fifty one. The exact same number has the time of his first goal. Wow! And you could have done easily two minutes on that with Wayne right in studio with the accompanying video and bringing in the synergy with the numbers. And I think had a real nice hit. Yeah. A real nice hit. God, you could even probably Skyped in, uh, you know, somebody else who was involved, either assisted or or one of the goaltenders, whatever. I, I mean, but regardless, I wish I wish they would, uh, uh, you know, you have Rick talking. I mean, you got Biz Nasty on there, Paul Bissonette, and he's going to Rick, you know, saying – and this is where Rick made the comment where he was disappointed in the Rangers going, oh, what would you would have done out there? And, you know, you could see Rick wanted to say, well, I would have ripped off some heads and shit down some throats, you know? I mean, I would have I would have lost my mind out there, you know? Like, that's what he wanted to say, but yeah. he was reserved and he didn't. Yeah. But, you know what? And then you got Charles Barkley. Well, you know what I would have done? I would have grabbed 
one of Rick's fights, like that one he had with Wendell Clark or something like that, yeah. <clears throat> and said, hey, Charles, look, watch this. And Charles' eyes would have been like saucers. Go, what the hell? Yeah, he's sitting right here. He's yeah. on our panel. This is probably what the Rangers needed a little love tonight. And and bring talking because Biznasi asked him, "What would you have done, Rick? What yeah. do you hell? What do you think? Think Rick's going to go out there down down five uh, one and, and say to Glenn and when he goes out, what do you, coach? You want me to just tie it or win it? You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll score three or four this shift. I mean, come on. And I I think." If they're going to make, and, and and rightfully so, give Wayne that platform, and rightfully so. And I thought he did an okay job. You know, I think he could offer a little bit more, get get into a little bit more of analysis. He was maybe still a little bit too back off, like Wayne, I gotta be, I gotta be cordial here, I gotta be polite to everybody type thing. But that said, man, they missed a moment. They missed a moment because his first goal. And then 10 years and a day later. So that would have brought in tomorrow's date as well. So you, you got the great synergy. Then it ties into the 1851 number. Hey, look, Ovi may pass him in goals. Nobody is passing Wayne in points. Nobody. <laughs> and you could have done a whole nice bit on that, a nice historical bit. And uh, I thought they missed a the boat on that, but that's okay. Bunch of Yang producers, man. They have no idea what to do with that. <laughs> but that's... Oh. You know, I, that, I, I'm going to post that later tonight and, and send it in and tag TNT on it, which really means that probably no one will read it or see it. <laughs> but I got to do it anyway. And, uh, you know, I mean, hey, man, they're a multi-million dollar operation in there now. You're paying Wayne millions. You brought in a hell of a crew. You got Paul Bissonnette. He's the number one online guy in the world the last, what, two years since uh, spitting chiclets. You bring in Rick Tockett. Uh, he's one of Wayne's close personal friends. You got Anson Carter. You got a great panel and great host, and uh, obviously a beautiful set. And and uh, the whole thing, I give it on a scale of one to ten. Last night, for what I saw, I give it a solid nine all day, all day. I thought they did a great job. But hey, man, why am I not giving it a ten? Because they missed an opportunity. Yeah. You got Wayne on the panel. Bring that stuff in. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing. You're, it's not like you're going back <coughs> talking about Rocket Richard or, or, or Howie Moran's already short. You're talking about stuff that was in the bailiwick of, of many, 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 many viewers' um, um, errors that they grew up in. People remember Wayne as a player, and you could have shown that, and I, I think they missed an opportunity given that the anniversary of it was today. Yeah, no, I think you're bang on, and I uh, hope somebody listens to you one way or the other because he is, you know, number one, I think, uh, for all of us who really don't get, we don't, we haven't seen Wayne in the public eye for years. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a guy, you know, we obviously grew up with. I mean, he's there. He's talking. His insights, it's, it's, it's valuable. But, man, you are so bang on by tying all the stuff, all the history he's he's made into the current game, and uh, yeah. to to because now with ESPN and TNT, given the opportunity that they're they're doing this now, hopefully to introduce the game to new people. And here's your shining star. Here's the guy. Here's the greatest. And I'm with you, man. And and I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on that uh, going forward uh, because I think you're right. And and a guy like Talk, and, and you know, it's great how you. You know, you 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 kind of um, you've done a great job um, solidifying the guys that they put on this panel. Uh, yeah. You know, I love Anson Carter too. He's a guy here who's always been working with the Rangers for years too, and I love yeah. his take on things. But Biz is great. 
talk, it's great for that side. Him and Biz both as far as that side of the game and everything. So it's good stuff. Yeah. But we, we, we'll have to do that, Liam. We'll have to pay attention, and, and hopefully they, they bring more of that and show more people, uh, especially the young kids now, show more of Wayne Gretzky. Because unfortunately, obviously in the last 20 years, we haven't seen enough of him. No, I mean, you've got to be... You've got to be minimally 30, and, and you would be just a kid when he retired. So you didn't see him in his prime, unless right now you're probably closer to 35, you know, 37, uh, to, to really say you still saw him produce on the ice. But, I mean, he hasn't, he, didn't win a, he hasn't won a cup since 88. But, you know, you can do something every week with Wayne that way. Well, what's wrong with that? He's a, high, he's a highlight of the show anyway, having him on the panel. I mean, let's be honest. And, and – uh, well, and, and you could still include the other guys. There's lots of ways to do it. But every broadcast that they do, there's something that would have happened that day in hockey. And you can find it either on those guys or whatever. And and uh, build it in, man. Find a little video and build it in. Build in a little segment. you got the guys right there on the panel. Could talk about it. And maybe sometime it could be a fight, you know, and talk it was in. Or, and it doesn't even have to be one he was in. But it could be one involving the late, great Bob Probert or something, and who some people think should be in the Hall of Fame, you know, for the role he played. I mean, that's a whole other discussion. But anyway, like I said, I give it a 9 out of 10 last night. I, I, was, I thought they did a, an outstanding job. I just feel like, hey, look who it's coming from. I, and this is what I do for a living. So I think, my God, you got October 14th the next day. Somebody, somebody should have grabbed the ball and ran with it here, and you could have had the segment you could have had with the video you got Wayne right there. What's he going to say about 1851? It's freakish, but it happens in hockey all the time. You know that. I've, yep. I've regaled you know with you. many of these for years. <laughs> and and the thing is, you got the guy right on the panel who's the greatest offensive force maybe in the history of sports. And you could have had a beautiful segue because the anniversary of it was the next day. and 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 then... And then subsequently, October 15th, and the whole 1851. No big deal, but I'm going to message him, Paulie, just for the hell of it. Good man yourself. Do that now. And I'll back you up if you need any <laughs> any backup there. You let me know. <laughs> All right. Great stuff as always, Liam. Love that stuff. And hopefully, like I said, TNT will get their act together. Send them a few messages and you could laugh. <laughs> All right, buddy. We're going to wind down the, uh, the show here today. Uh, so glad to be back here with you. Uh, and I know we've got some... Dedicated listeners, and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, staying with us here uh, through the break and all that stuff. And uh, they know uh, that we always end the show with an Irish toast. And we promise you going forward, we'll have more Irish antidotes uh, coming at you here too. Irish songs, stories, a bit of the crack, all that stuff. A little bit of Irish history as we go forward. But right now, we're going to do what we do at the end of every show. And that's our Irish toast. Liam, why don't you take it away? What do you got for us today? Well, I thought Polly Cena's were... uh, were we're getting back in, in business here, uh, doing sticks and taps. And a big part of our show is always going to be uh, the Irish connection, however we choose to weave it into the show. And that will almost every single time mean that we're going to have some sort of Irish music at the end, either as we go out or after, that you're certainly welcome to listen to if we have an accompanying story. But I thought it would be appropriate today given that we're reconnecting, that we go with the stalwart. We go with the favorite. We go with the one that so many know. And that's the greatest movie ever filmed, in part, in Ireland. And that's The Quiet Man, with the Duke himself, 
Mr. John Wayne, <laughs> among others, and Maureen O'Hara, and so many other fantastic, fantastic actors. And I thought that would be a way to, uh, to uh, end the show today, to toast our reconnection. So I'm toasting you and I to toast the history of that fantastic movie, in particular, <coughs> the fight. If you've seen the, mo- the movie, you know the fight. Victor <laughs> McLaughlin, <coughs> uh, who plays uh, Red Will Danaher, Squire Danaher, and John Wayne, who plays Sean Thornton, have a nine-minute fight, which, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is still the longest two-man fight scene in movie history. <laughs> and it ends in at Cohan's Pub, which is now actually a pub in Ireland, in Kong. It used to be just, it was just a facade back in the day that they used for the movie. It then became a tourist attraction. And it now, one of the extras in the movie, his daughter has opened it and refurbished it. And it now is a full-on working pub called Cohan's Pub. Buddy road trip. Road trip, yes. baby. So <laughs> much so, my friend. So, to you and your family, Polly, to us for Sticks and Tops starting again, to the quiet man, the nine-minute fight, Cohan's Pub, I'm drinking Heart Iron Whiskey Woo! from Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. There's All smoke. the blue nose, it's Canadian, Irish, as it gets. There's smoke coming out of that bloody glass. <laughs> <laughs> this is why people need to see us. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll take care. Slanta, brother. Cheers. And Cheers. the music we got going out is the theme from The Quiet Man. The movie itself. Cheers. Ah, oh, it's delicious. Cheers, Polly. Good stuff, brother. And we're going to let this roll out as we always do. Thanks to everyone out there. We're back. We're looking forward to this. I can't thank my mate here, Liam McGuire, giving us the time here. This is going to be a lot of fun. The season is underway. There'll be loads of stuff to talk about. Great yep. Irish crack to look forward to and lots of drinking. So I'm having my pillow here ready by the studio here. So when I fall out of the chair, I just go to sleep right here on the floor. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. Welcome back to you, Paulie and myself, and uh, here's to many more great shows, and we'll catch everybody next time. G'day. G'day indeed. Take care, everybody. <laughs>